Welcome back, everyone, to We Are TPM with myself, Kyle Teixeira, and across from me, John Teixeira. This week, we are going to be discussing, are we in a buyer's market, seller's market, or both? Um, and if you guys are interested in anything we have to talk about during this topic, other episodes, or any any questions you may have for John or I, uh, give us a call at 817-818-9039. Shoot us an email at showmethemoney@wertpm or come say hi in downtown Mansfield. Now, John, what's the market? Are we in a buyer's market? What is a buyer's market? How is the market is the most common question that any real estate agent should be getting asked, right? And is it is it an easy one to answer right now? <laughs> well, it's always easy for me because I always ask people, I always ask people, answer it in the same way um, that my coach many years ago um, taught me to do. And, and that was, that depends. Are you a buyer, a seller, an investor, or a renter? Right. Very true. That's the question all the time. However, to to our topic, is it a buyer's market, seller's market? I've been talking a lot about this with not just buyers and sellers, but also with my colleagues, right? Mm -hmm. We've been having this discussion a lot. It is a different time, isn't it? It's it seems like a seller's market on the surface, right? Because sellers are killing it right now, aren't they? Yeah, it's well it's definitely a complicated it's a unique market is what I meant by mm-hmm. that. Um, sellers are killing it because, uh, you know, <clears throat> sellers can put things on and they will get sold. This <laughs> yep. is a simple way to put that. Um, but what what defines a seller's market? Let's Let's talk about that first. Well, when you have more buyers than you have sellers. So... Which is exactly what we're talking. What we're looking at right now is a huge supply and demand market. So a neutral market means for every house there's a buyer. For every, you know, ten houses there's ten buyers. Right? That would be a very neutral market. When you have fifteen houses and and you've got twenty buyers, that's a little bit on the seller side, right? And so so that's kind of how that that works. How many buyers do you have in the market right now compared to how many homes do they have to choose from? And a neutral market would be those would be equal. And if it's a seller's market, then the you would have more buyers than sellers, which is what we have now, right? Mm-hmm. So in the traditional sense, we have more demand than supply. Exactly. Yeah. So, so you would say this is a seller's market. So why are we even talking about this right now? Why are we even asking the question, Kyle? Well, because also, you know, at a fundamental level, it's supply and demand, but is this a good market for buyers, you know, in that same environment? I guess it's the question we're asking is, is are buyers benefiting from this seller's market? They're killing it Which is a weird question to ask. They're, They're killing it. It, it, they are because the the flip side of, of an extreme seller's market, like kind of what we're in now, where there's very low supply and an insane amount of demand, is that insane amount of demand makes prices rise quickly, um, especially if the environment doesn't change. If the supply and demand doesn't even out, uh, that demand keeps to drive keeps driving prices up. Uh, well, really what that means is you have a way lower time horizon on appreciation right now. Um, what happened if you bought a house six months ago? Is it likely worth what you bought it for? Yeah, it's it's, it's already gone up yeah. probably 10% in that six-month time, mm-hmm. which just is mind-blowing to even think about, but it has. Now, that's, you know, that's not normal. That's unusual behavior. However, 
We've got a whole bunch of inflationary factors happening at one time. Mm -hmm. And it's not just supply and demand, because if it was just supply and demand, it would correct itself, right? Builders would just go build more houses, right? There's more supply than there's demand. Let's go build more houses and make more money. That's what they would do. But we're having trouble doing that as an industry right now for all kinds of other reasons, right? There's other inflationary pressures that are keeping that from uh, fixing itself in a normal way. Yeah, you got supply chains making houses longer to be built. Um, cost of materials going up, making these houses cost more to be built. Uh, you know, just a whole bunch of things that that play into that role. And then on the flip side, on the you know that that's the supply. Well, on the demand side, you also have buyers that can afford way more than they've ever been able that's to right. afford. So. Three years ago, you couldn't have afforded a $250,000 house, where now you can at a 3%, you know, 2.5%, 3%, 4% interest rate, um, which used to be insanely low in, you know, in the industry. Now it's, you know, maybe it's not the best time to talk about what it currently is, but, well, <laughs> uh, because that's one of the reasons, so you, ways you solve a supply and demand issue, right, is you, you take, take away more. the affordability. Mm, yeah, yeah. Either that, or make it, make it not so easy, or or make more. Right, mm -hmm. like one way or the other. That's why that's why our government plays with our interest rates so much. Right, so that they can have an impact on on increasing or decreasing, you know, the housing market from that standpoint. And sometimes it backfires on them. It doesn't always work. For instance, most people believe that increasing the interest rate actually slows the housing market down, when in reality it creates an initial spike of it creates this rush right that people rush to to that are thinking they're on the fence maybe and they're thinking about buying a house as soon as that interest rate spikes or or goes up a little bit they rush to 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 get that done hey you know what yeah but it also can hurt supply you know then people may not be wanting to move if they you know if the house they're now moving into has a higher interest rate cuz every seller you know, in most cases with with real estate, this every seller becomes a buyer. Not always in the same market, but mm. they're generally either moving up or moving somewhere else. Uh, but in most cases, it's moving up. You know what? This is an interesting discussion I've been having with my colleagues, and one of the things that's that, that's come up is there's a segment of the market that moves every year that is a larger segment of the market than we realize, mm -hmm. right? And that is. Let's call it the casual move up buyer. The person that isn't forced to move up, but wants a little bit bigger home. Maybe they just had a baby. Maybe they're making more money and they've always wanted to live in that neighborhood. Maybe they've been dying to have a pool home. Like they're okay where they are, right? But they really want to be somewhere else. There's a lot of those people in the world every single year that are not moving right now. They're not doing anything. It's true. It's true. Maybe, you know, maybe they, the previous move up buyer was just trying to make it an investment property and go <laughs> and keep That's building right. an investment portfolio. Well, on a side note, we have investors now that are helping. We have entire industries being created from this problem right now. And we have investors that have come to the table with solutions to the problem I just described that allow people to go out and buy their next home with cash and then sell their home without all the worries of 
Where am I going to go if I sell my house? Or how am I going to buy a house and beat everybody else out? There are people solving that problem right now. There's large, large amounts of money getting behind solving that exact problem. So if you're thinking about this, if you're listening to us, reach out to me. I can point you in the right direction and we can talk more about that. But that's a little bit more of, that's a little bit of a side note. I want to get, get off of our topic. Yeah. Um, sellers are killing it. Prices are going up. If you're selling a house and you don't have to buy something, that's the best scenario for you right now, right? You're just, you're killing it. You're feeling like, man, I'm at, uh, it's never going to get better than this. Buyers are killing it too, Kyle, which is why we brought this up, right? Buyers are buying houses right now and looking back and going, they're looking at their Zillow's estimate or whatever, or their agent sending them something. They're going, oh my gosh, what? I've, I've, I've gained $30,000 in, in a year. I've gained $40,000 in one. I, they're talking to their neighbor who's just put their house on the market for $50,000 more than they bought for last year. And, and they got multiple offers and they got over asking price. And they're like, oh my gosh, what, what's going on? Like, and, and everyone's thinking, how can this continue? Well, let me tell you right now. People were asking that in 2020. People are are constantly asking asking that. that. Yeah, Yeah, the pessimism (laughs) of our world creates that. But let me tell you something. Right now, you've been hearing this literally for about 20 years, but it is still true. I don't care how much you've heard it. I don't care how sick of hearing it you are. It is still a truth. Our interest rates are at historic lows. And I think when I started hearing that, Kyle... What year were you born? You were born in what? You were about five years old. (laughs) You were about five years old when I started hearing that historic lows, interest rates, like we're going to go down to 5%. Like people were mind blown that they were going to hit 5%. And now when they go up to 5%, people are freaking out and running (laughs) for the hills. But, but the bottom line is, you guys, if you look at what interest rates, healthy interest rates should be, over the course of the last hundred years, I think the average is like seven and three quarters. That's a healthy interest rate. That's a good, affordable, healthy interest rate that keeps things the way they're supposed to be. We've been we've been at historic lows, and that historic low allows buyers to buy more home than past generations were able to in their first home, in their second home, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. So. No, you go ahead. I mean, I was going to keep going, but it looked like you wanted to chime in and say something. <laughs> I, I, it, it just brings affordability. It keeps affordability way down, right? While prices are going up, you could still buy more house than you will be able to when interest rates go up. And I don't believe interest rates are going to spike up. People are freaking out about interest rates going up. But what if they go up one point over the next year? Is that really that big a deal over the course of a year? I mean, one point, like everyone's freaking out because they're getting get mortgages we in the 20. fours. Yeah, because they have to do something at some point, right? Because then you get the inverse problem. Like, what if this keeps going, going, going? Well, if it goes up quick enough and, you know, that now these people who all bought don't want to sell because they don't want to sell in high interest rates, now you got another supply problem and less buyers. So, you know, it has to be balanced somewhere. You know who this is really good for? Regardless of what scenario you try to foresee 
and you create whatever scenario you want from the future and just make it up, right? Just go ahead. Go down whatever road you want to go down. <laughs> you know who it's good for no matter what road you go down? The investor. Yep. The person who bought a rental house, hung on to it, rented it out. That guy is killing it. And the more times he does it, the more and more and more he's killing it. And and why is that? That's because we're ta- there's now we're talking about two different markets. There's a rent, rental market and there's the sale market, right? They're, they're they're correlated, but they're not the exact same. So if this investor uh, has is appreciating or bought it bought another rental property, even if it's not appreciation appreciating, the rental market's going up too because of the crazy high demand and a low supply. Same reason. And and if if the affordability of homes gets so high that people don't go into the buying market anymore. That means more people are renting, right? People have to live somewhere, whether they buy or rent. So if they can't buy, if it gets to a point where they can't buy for some reason, then they're going to rent. Yeah. And like there's not a scenario that having a rent house is going to be a bad thing anytime in the future. There's just not, I can't fathom a single scenario. Because what, what you're saying is, is until, when it, say the sales market balances out, now... Now that's gonna it's gonna be followed by the rental market. Like the rental market will not slow down its demand and supply problem until the sale market does, because all those buyers that can't buy anything or are having trouble buying something become renters. That's right. So and then so, they go back to being buyers later yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> you you were, you were right. You, you're exactly right. So how long is this going to go on for? I can tell you that I've listened to. Um, people that know what they're talking about, that are very analytical, that are talking to the right people, that are diving into the real estate um, statistics that matter, that are going to be able to foretell what's happening. And it is almost a foregone conclusion, as much as you can conclude anything about the future, that we are looking at nationwide at a, a four-year run of basically what we're seeing right now. Mm-hmm. So until 2025, if you're a buyer, you should be you should be buying whatever you can right now until 2025. Now, it's my opinion, also the opinion of these same people that are that are putting these opinions together that I'm I'm just riding their coattails and and telling you what they told me. Um it's also their opinion that Dallas-Fort Worth area will most likely surpass that and, and might surpass it by a lot because we are just primed seeing. for so many reasons. Yeah, I mean, gra- rapid economic growth, but also flood of, of... Location? Yeah, location, flood of businesses, flood of people, flood of relocation. So, yeah, it's just... We have a political climate, a finance, an economic climate. And, a, and just a location that all those things together make us the ideal place in the United States to uh, to be a homeowner, an investor, or raise a family. And those aren't our opinions. This, <clears throat> this is what's happening, right? I mean, it's also our opinions, but <laughs> it, it's a fact that that is what's happening. And those are the factors uh, attributing to the unique market here in DFW. But a lot of what we talked about is it, it applies everywhere right now. Um, it does. Yeah, it's, absolutely it's does. Same problem. It's a lot of moving around, and you know, a lot of 
inflationary uh, factors. <laughs> I talk to agents from all over the world and I have not talked to anybody that hasn't told me the same story that we're dealing with mm-hmm. everywhere, every country, every state, every city, small cities, large cities, doesn't matter. I comped a home today about an hour outside of McKinney. If you're familiar with Dallas Fort Worth, you'll know that that's the sticks basically. And <laughs> They're killing it out there. They can't sell them fast enough. I mean, I expected to see something a little bit slower. Nope. I I run comps and I see things flying off the market out there. So anyways, are we, so Kyle, let's, let's, let's wrap this up. This is a really good conversation. I love talking about this with people because I think it, I think it gives people a different perspective when they think, oh man, I don't want to be a buyer right now. It's a seller's market. No, it's not a seller's market. It's a buyer's market also. Now, I'll admit this. It's harder for the buyers to buy, right? Mm-hmm. They need to persevere. They need to do things differently. They need they need a great professional helping them, right? I hate to keep saying that, but, I mean, gosh, it's so hard to do anything nowadays. And without somebody helping you, it's just 10 times harder. Um, but you kind of need some luck, too, sometimes, right? And... But if you can do it and you persevere and you want it bad enough, you will get it done. And when you do, you will win. And do it again. That's correct. And win again. <laughs> and so, I mean, I guess your final answer is both. Both. This is what it sounds like. It's, and that's why I said it's unique market. It's a unique answer. Most mm. previous to this market that we're seeing now, I wouldn't have asked the question, are we in buyer's market, seller's market of both, because we kind of just defined like, it on a, on a ratio of supply and demand. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's different factors here where it makes this unique. So I'd also go with both. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Definitely. Good discussion, Kyle. I'm, I was, I was, uh, we came, we went, we slid off of our, we're in the middle of, of, of a little series right now. We slid off of our series a little bit because we, we felt like it, we really needed to talk about this. Like too many people are talking badly about this market or maybe not talking badly about it, but only talking positively about it from a seller perspective. And they're not recognizing that, man, you've got an opportunity here as a buyer to get in the game, and if you're already in the game, to get it in, get in stronger. And as an investor, I mean, <clears throat> we, we are TPM, right? So yep. these 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 investors buying rentals, um, it's still a good time to buy rentals. And and the, the weird aspect of that correlation that we we haven't mentioned is that a lot of investors are selling their rental properties in this market to add to the supply because there's such a you know supply problem so they're selling rental properties to buyers what do you think that does to the rental market it reduces even further the supply of, yeah. of rentals out there so yeah. um, and for that fact if you buy one to not be a seller then you know rent rates will still be in your favor and appreciate in the way you you'd hope for for that investment people are killing it out there Kyle whether they're buyers or sellers right now get in the game get in into the market as quickly as you can double down on it what's the stock market doing lately kyle in general you you follow stock market i, I don't i only yeah, follow it from a it's bouncing around right now it's bouncing around exactly yeah, so. is the housing market bouncing around nope. <clears throat> nice and steady as she goes right a little bit faster a little bit higher than normal than than we think it, it over the course of time it's not normally going to be like this but Still steady as she goes with a steady rise. Mm-hmm. 
not not yeah a, i mean the stock market went on a crazy run and peaked so that's not what's happening here with the housing market you know yeah. they don't they're not exactly correlated like a lot of people think they are uh markets are separate, well let's so. let's finish <laughs> with this since we started talking about the seller's market because i know you're going to know the answer to this okay so don't disappoint me kyle i'm putting you on the spot <laughs> right here all right what's the number one way if you're an investor, what's the number one way to hedge against inflation? Real estate. There you go. You didn't disappoint. I love <laughs> it. Thank you so much. Real estate, real estate, real estate. Because it helps real estate. I mean, a lot of your real estate appreciation comes from inflation. You know, that's why it's used to hedge against it. But that's why I give you a simple answer. If my real, real estate, estate, if my real estate only rose in a, in value three percent this year. You'd be losing money. <laughs> Isn't it still more than a, than a savings account? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely more than a savings account. Inflation's at 7.5, so, you know. But the housing market went now up. Now we're getting into an economic 20, discussion that I don't think so, we should you know, get into. <laughs> All right, let's keep this simple because Kyle let's and I, you with, and I, We are not financial advisors. This is not financial advice. Uh, <laughs> keep it going. You're right about all those things. We're none of those things. We're not CPAs. We're not attorneys. We're not... We don't know what the heck we're talking about. Take everything we say with a grain of salt. And past <laughs> performance is not indicative of future results. Something like that. I think we nailed the I financial you, advisor. I think and you nailed the, it. I think you got it. I think you got it. All right, y'all. I hope somehow that this has been helpful. Is it a buyer's market? Is it a seller's market? It's both, isn't it, Kyle? It is. It is. And plant your seed in either market. Plant your seed. Grow... Plant that damn tree. Get it going. Do it again and do it again. Get no matter a forest. what market you're in, you're not in it unless the seed's been planted. That's so. right. That's right. All right. You want to close us out? Yep. We are TPM. You got any questions? You want to talk to us? You want to you know, figure out what market it is tomorrow? Um, it's going to be both. Give us a call at 817-818-9039. Shoot us an email at showmethemoney at wearetpm at... Kyle Teixeira is out. I'm out. We are TPM. 